Book Two, Chapter Two, Part Three of Love Among the Artists by George Bernard Shaw. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Two, Part Three. Adrian, hardly venturing to understand the woman, looked upon the table and saw a note which had escaped her attention. She, following his glance, exclaimed, What? Another? it is addressed to my wife said adrian taking it and losing colour as he did so doubtless it contains an explanation of his conduct i recognise the handwriting as that of a young friend of mine did you hear his name it was an english name english names are all alike to me did he call himself sutherland yes it was like that quite english it is all right then he is but a foolish boy the brother of an old friend of mine truly a strong boy for his years he is your old friend of course it is always so ah monsieur if i were one to talk and make mischief i could thank you said adrian interrupting her firmly i can hear the rest from madame herbert if there is anything else to hear and he left the room on the landing without he saw madame szymplica who overlooking him addressed herself angrily to the old woman why is this noise made she demanded how is it possible for mademoiselle to practise with this hurly-burly in her ears and why should i not make a noise retorted the woman when i am insulted in my own house by the friends of mademo what is the matter cried a voice from above the woman became silent as if struck dumb and for a moment there was no sound except the light descending footfall of aurelie what is the matter she repeated as she came into their view nothing at all muttered the old woman sulkily glancing apprehensively at adrian you make a very great noise about nothing at all said aurelie coolly pausing with her hand on the balustrade have you quite done and may i now practise in peace i am sorry to have disturbed you said the woman apologetically but still grumbling i was speaking to monsieur monsieur must either go out or come upstairs and read the journals quietly said aurelie i will come upstairs said adrian in a tone that made her look at him with momentary curiosity the old woman meanwhile retreated into her apartment and madame szymplica who had listened submissively to her daughter disappeared also aurelie on returning to the room in which she practised found herself once more alone with adrian oh it is a troublesome woman she said all proprietresses are so i should like to live in a palace with silent black slaves to come and go when i clap my hands she has spoiled my practice and you seem quite put out i aurelie i met mrs hoskins brother at the railway station this morning really i thought he was in india i mean her younger brother ah i did not know that she had another herbert looked aghast at her she had spoken carelessly and was brushing some specks of dust from the keyboard of the pianoforte as to the cleanliness of which she was always fastidious he did not tell me that he had seen you aurelie he said controlling himself under the circumstances i thought that rather strange he even affected some surprise when i mentioned that you were in paris she forgot the keyboard and looked at him with wonder and some amusement you thought it very strange she said what are you dreaming of what else should he say since he never saw me nor i him in our lives except at a concert have i not said that i did not even know of his existence until you told me aurelie he exclaimed in a strange voice turning pallid 
she also changed colour came to him quickly and caught his arm saying heaven what is the matter with thee aurelie he said recovering his self-control and disengaging himself quietly from her hold pray be serious why should you even in jest deceive me about sutherland if he has done anything wrong i will not blame you for it she retreated a step and slowly raised her hand and poised herself in a haughtier attitude you speak of deceit she said then shaking her finger at him she added indignantly ah take care adrian take care do you mean to tell me he said sternly that you have not made the acquaintance of sutherland here i do tell you so and it seems to me that you do not believe me and that he has not passed the night here oh she cried and shrank a little aurelie he said with a menacing expression which so disfigured and debased his face that she involuntarily recoiled and covered her eyes with her hands i have never before opened the letter addressed to you but i will do so now there are occasions when confidence is mere infatuation and it is time i fear to show you that my infatuation is not so blind as you suppose this note was left for you this morning under circumstances which have been explained to me by the woman downstairs a silence followed whilst he opened the note and read it then looking up and finding her looking at him quite calmly he said sadly there is nothing in it that you need be ashamed of aurelie you might have told me the truth it is in the handwriting of charlie sutherland this startled her for a moment ah she said the scamp gave me a false name but as for thee unhappy one she added as a ray of hope appeared in herbert's eyes adieu for ever and she was gone before he recovered himself his first impulse was to follow her and apologize so simply and completely did her exclamation that sutherland had given her a false name seem to explain her denial of having met him then he asked himself how came she to bring home a young man in her carriage and why had she made a secret of it she had said he now remembered that she had not heard any english voice except his own since she had come to paris herbert was constitutionally apt to feel at a disadvantage with other men and to give credit to the least suggestion that they were preferred to himself he did not even now accuse his wife of infidelity but he had long felt that she misunderstood him withheld her confidence from him and kept him apart from those friends of hers in whose society she felt happy and unrestrained in the thought of this there was for him more jealousy and mortification than a coarser man might have suffered from a wicked woman whilst he was thinking over it all the door opened and madame szymplica in tears entered hastily my god monsieur adrian what is the matter betwixt you and aurelie nothing at all said herbert with constrained politeness nothing of any consequence do not tell me that she protested pathetically i know her too well to believe it she is going away and she will not tell me why and now you will not tell me either i am made nothing of did you say she is going away yes what have you done to her my poor child herbert did not feel bound to account for his conduct to his mother-in-law yet he felt that she was entitled to some answer madame szymplica he said after a moment's reflection can you tell me under what circumstances aurelie met the young gentleman who was here last night that is it is it i knew it i told aurelie that she was acting foolishly but there was nothing in that to quarrel about 
i do not say there was how did it happen nothing in the world but this i had neuralgia and aurelie would not suffer me to accompany her to the concert as she was returning her carriage knocked down this miserable boy who was drunk you know how impetuous she is she would not leave him there insensible and she brought him into the carriage and brought him here she made the woman below harbour him for the night in her sitting-room that is all but did he not behave himself badly mon cher he was drunk drunk as a beast with his nose beaten in it is strange that aurelie never told me of such a remarkable incident why you were not an hour arrived and the poor child has been full of the joy and surprise of seeing you so unexpectedly it is necessary to be reasonable monsieur adrian the fact is madame that i have had a misunderstanding with aurelie in which neither of us was to blame i should not have doubted her perhaps but i think under the circumstances my mistake was excusable i owe her an apology and will make it at once wait a little said madame szymplica nervously as he moved towards the door you had better let me go first i will ask her to receive you she is excessively annoyed herbert did not like this suggestion but he submitted to it and sat down at the pianoforte to await madame szymplica's return to while away the time and to persuade himself that he was not too fearful of the result of her mission he played softly as much of his favourite mendelssohnian airs as could be accompanied by the three chords which exhausted his knowledge of the art of harmonizing at last after a long absence his mother-in-law returned evidently much troubled i am a most unlucky mother she said seating herself and trying to keep back her tears she will not listen to me oh monsieur adrian what can have passed between you to enrage her so you who are always so gentle she will not let me mention your name but have you explained to her what is the use of explaining she is not rational what does she say she says absurd things recollect that she is as yet only a child she says you have betrayed your high opinion of her at last i told her that circumstances seemed at the time to prove that she had acted foolishly but that you now admitted your error and then then she said that her maid might have doubted her and afterwards admitted her error on the same ground oh she is a strange creature is aurelie what can one do with such a terrible child she is positive that she will never speak to you again and i fear she is in earnest i can do no more i have argued implored wept but she is an ingrate a heart of marble here there was a tap at the door and a servant appeared madame herbert wishes you to accompany her to the pianoforte place madame she is going thither to practice herbert only looked downcast and madame szymplica left the room stifling a sob herbert knew not what to do a domestic quarrel involving the interference of a mother-in-law had always seemed to him an incident common among vulgar people but quite foreign to his own course of life and now that it had actually occurred to him he felt humiliated he found a little relief as the conviction grew upon him that he and not aurelie was to blame there was nothing new to him in the reflection that he had been weak and hasty there would be pleasure in making reparation in begging her forgiveness in believing in and loving her more than ever but this would be on condition that she ultimately forgave him of which he did not feel at all sure as indeed he never felt sure of her on any point not even that she had really loved him in this state of mind he saw her carriage arrive 
and heard her descend the stairs and pass the door of the room where he was whilst he was hesitating as to whether he should go out and speak to her then she drove away and the opportunity now that it was lost seemed a precious one he went downstairs and asked the old woman when she expected madame herbert to return not until six o'clock she told him he resigned himself to eight hours suspense and went to the luxembourg where he enjoyed such pleasure as he could obtain by admiring the works of men who could paint better than he it was a long day but it came to an end at last i will announce you monsieur said the old woman hastily as she admitted him at half-past six no he said firmly resolved not to give aurelie an opportunity of escaping from him i will announce myself and he passed the portress who seemed disposed but afraid to bar his path as he went up he heard the pianoforte played in a style which he hardly recognized the touch was hard and impatient and false notes were struck followed by almost violent repetitions of the passage in which they occurred he stood at the door a moment listening my child said madame szemplica's voice that is not practice you become worse every moment and you are spoiling the instrument let me alone it is a detestable piano and i hope i may break it herbert's courage sank at the angry tone of his wife's voice you let yourself be put out by nothing at all do i not tell you that everybody thought you played like an angel i will not be told so again i played vilely i will give up music i hate it and i never shall be able to play i have tried and failed it was a mistake for me ever to have attempted it at this moment adrian hearing the footsteps of the old woman who was coming up to listen at the keyhole entered the room madame szemplica stared at him in consternation he walked quickly across the room and sat down close to his wife at the pianoforte aurelie he said you must forgive me never 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 she cried turning quickly round so as to confront him i have this day disgraced myself and it is your fault my fault aurelie do not call me aurelie now you smile because you have had your revenge am i not unhappy enough without being forced to see and speak to you who have made me so unhappy go disembarrass me or i will myself seek some other roof what madness possessed me an artist to marry did i not know that it is ever the end of an artist's career you cannot believe he said much agitated that i would wilfully cause you a moment's pain i love ah yes you love me it is because you love me that you insult me it is because you love me that you are ashamed of me and reproach me with playing for hire it is because you love me that i have failed before the whole world and lost the fruit of long years of work you will find my mother's scissors in that box why do you not cut off my fingers since you have paralyzed them adrian shuddering in every fibre at the suggestion caught her proffered fingers and squeezed them in his hands my darling he said you pain me acutely by your reproaches will you not forgive me you waste your breath she said obdurately disengaging herself petulantly i am not listening to you and she began to play again aurelie he said presently she played attentively and did not seem to hear him aurelie he repeated urgently no answer do cease that horrible thing my darling and listen to me this stopped her she turned with tears in her eyes and exclaimed yes it is horrible everything that i touch is horrible now 
she shut the piano as she spoke i will never open it more mamma my angel replied madame szymplica starting tell them to send for it to-morrow i do not want even to see it when i come down in the morning but said herbert you quite misunderstand me can you suppose that i think your playing horrible or that if i thought it i would be so brutal as to say so you do think it horrible everyone finds it horrible so you are right it was only what you were playing it was one of chopin's studies you used to like chopin you would do better to be silent every word you utter betrays your real thoughts herbert gently reopened the pianoforte if it were the singing of angels aurelie it would be horrible to me as long as it delayed the assurance i am waiting for of your forgiveness you shall never have it nor do i believe that you care for it never is a long word you have said it very often this evening aurelie you will never play again you will never speak to me again you will never forgive me do not argue with me you fatigue me she turned away and began to improvise looking upward at the cornice with a determined expression which gradually faded and vanished herbert discouraged by her last retort did not venture to interrupt her until the last trace of displeasure had disappeared from her face then he pleaded in a low voice aurelie the frown reappeared instantly do not stop playing i only wish to assure you that i was not jealous this morning oh she ejaculated taking her hands from the keyboard and letting them fall supine in her lap herbert taken aback by the prolonged and expressive interjection looked at her in silent discomfiture mamma thou hearest him he says he was not jealous oh adrian how art thou fallen thou who wast truth itself thou art learning to play the husband well i thought you had deceived me dearest but i was not jealous then you do not love me let me explain i thought you had deceived me in your account of of that wretched boy whom we shall never allude to again there there do not remind me of it you were base you were beneath yourself no explanation can change that but my failure at the princess's is so much greater a misfortune that it has put all that out of my head orally remonstrated herbert involuntarily what you begin to complain already before i have half relented i know too well he replied sadly that your art is as much dearer to you than i as you are dearer to me than mine well well i plead guilty to everything except want of love for you now will you forgive me instead of replying she began to play merrily presently she looked over her shoulder and said you will promise never to commit such a sin again i swear it and you are very sorry desolate aurelie be pardoned then if thou art truly penitent i will accompany thee to the louvre and thou shalt show me the pictures she played away without intermission whilst she spoke disregarding the kiss which he in spite of madame szymplica's presence could not refrain from pressing on her cheek end of chapter two recording by expatriate in bangor maine